Hello and welcome. I'm Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets pray and obey. I'm nearing the end of this podcast series entitled Determined to Follow Jesus, and this podcast series was inspired by a Bible plan I had the opportunity to write some years ago and to share on the YouVersion Bible app. Now, this Bible plan primarily focuses on some key targeted areas where one can enhance their relationship with Christ as they follow him and understand that following Jesus is a determined decision and not a haphazard decision. So during this podcast series, I address some key targets one should consider aiming towards as they display their determination and their decision to follow Jesus. And those included exhibiting faith and fortitude, following Jesus right where you are, Establishing a foundation with Jesus, understanding that Jesus is the only real option, and living in boldness. And today I want to focus on the importance of praying and obeying. When you aim to live a life determined to follow Jesus, it will require you to stay in constant communication with him. And when one is serious about following Jesus, one will obey what he says. We obey what God says by, one, reading his word, the Bible, and adhering to his word when he speaks directly to us to do something. So what does that look like? Let's say that you just got into it with your co-worker, your classmate, your colleague, or your cousin. And when I say you got into it, I mean you went in, you went off, and it went down. And let's say you and the individual you got into it with, y'all were arguing, using choice words, telling each other where they could go and how they could get there. Somebody started disrespecting somebody's pet. In the middle of the argument, somebody disclosed some indiscretions, some foul practices, and then they called the person every name in the book except the child of God. And then you go home. You're mad, but you know before you go to bed, you have this time where you spend it with God. And you sitting there reflecting, you realize the other person was in the wrong, and they started it off. They started it all. They provoked you. They manipulated you. They tried to get everybody involved in a matter that didn't even concern them, only to set you up to make it look like you're a bad person. They want to make it look like you're the crazy person and the angry person. And they set this whole little scheme up because you don't fall for their tricks. You don't fall for their schemes. And you definitely don't fall for their manipulative tactics. So that angered them. So they had to set you up. And they did it so unexpectedly. And it sparked something within you. And you just went off on them. And when you did it, they started crying in front of people and It was all fake cries because they looked at you and they kind of started grinning. And that sparked you off because now you're trying to get the people who are around them gathered around and hovered around them trying to console them. You're trying to let them know, did you just see that? They are laughing. They're not crying. And they tell you, just get back. You've done enough. You've just done too much. Don't you see they're crying? Don't you see they're sad? I was wrong about you. You're just, you're not who I thought. Why would you do this? They are in tears. You spoke too harshly to them. 
And you know it was all a setup. But you have these people who fell for the trick saying, why would you do your coworker that way? Why would you make them cry? How could you yell at your colleague like, why would you do that? Why would you shame your classmate? They were only just asking a question. And your poor cousin, you made them so sad now. They're in the bathroom in tears. So, let's go back. Like I stated earlier, you're about to read your Bible and all that crosses your mind. And you justified because you already know what they did. You you know what they did. So you start praying, read your Bible like, God, you know, they did that today and you know they was wrong, so whatever. And you realize you could have done some things better. Even though they started, you realize, you know, I, I didn't have to yell and curse them out. I didn't have to do that. But then you go right back and say, well, I mean, I'm tired of people disrespecting me um, and trying to get away with it. I'm tired of people lying on me and got people looking at me like I'm crazy, like I'm a villain. And no, I, I don't care. I don't care. So then you start reading God's word, just doing your daily reading. But you come across this scripture, which is Mark, the 11th chapter in the 25th verse, which states, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your wrongdoing. So you read that and say, mm, mm, so God, you telling me I need to forgive people who've done me wrong time and time again? Mm-mm. I mean, God, what if it just doesn't stop? I mean, you want me to keep forgiving somebody? I think it ought to be a limit because I can only take so much and they just keep doing stuff to me. And then you go back to your Bible and then you come across Matthew, the 18th chapter in the 21st to the 22nd verse, which reads, Then Peter approached him and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? As many as seven times. I tell you, not as many as seven, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. And after reading that passage of scripture, you realize, so Lord, you telling me that forgiveness has no limits. Every time somebody do me in and do me wrong, I have to forgive them. Every time. I mean, they were wrong though. And I'll go ahead and do what you said to do, Lord. I'll forgive them, but they will feel my wrath. And then you come across Romans, the 12th chapter in the 19th verse, which reads, Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath because it is written, Vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. So you can clearly see you went through an issue. You were reading your Bible. You were talking to God in prayer. And God revealed his word to you of what he wants you to do. So now it's up to us to pray and obey. So let's say that you read God's word and you see those scriptures of what God is telling you to do. Now you know you have to do it and then you start obeying it and then you hear the Holy Spirit tell you not only will you need to forgive and do what God says, but you need to initiate the conversation where you are the one apologizing to your coworker, classmate, and colleague or your cousin about how you handled yourself. You need to apologize about how you disrespected them, 
by calling them everything except the child of God. You need to apologize for putting your hands all in their face, clapping your hands in their face, and crossing personal boundaries and raising your voice. And all of that, which you just heard, that was real quick. Very quick. It was so quick when you heard it, you thought you were tripping. And it was so quick where you said, uh-oh, okay, that wasn't God. God didn't tell me to do that. Mm-mm. I just forgive them and um, just do what God's word says in the Bible. Because uh, God didn't tell me to do all that. Now, you've prayed, you read God's word, but let's say you didn't obey what the Holy Spirit said to do and what God's word said to do. So then you start to feel a prompting and... You say, Lord, stop. <laughs> stop it. You want me to do that for real? So then you just you just keep praying about it like, no, nah, I'm just going to pray about this. So you go to bed and you have no peace all night long. No peace. You don't get any rest because when you prayed, God commands that we all obey. And we have to obey his written word and the words that he speaks to us in that still, small, quick voice that always confirms what his written word says, even when we don't want to do something and even when it doesn't make any sense. Sometimes some individuals pray about a situation and then God provides the answer and they choose not to obey. But in order to be a determined follower of Jesus Christ, we must be willing to pray and stay in constant communication with Christ and obey what he says. And you're not going to know, or I'm not going to know what he says, unless we continuously pray and read his word. So when a thought comes in your mind, and it is revealed that it was the Holy Spirit telling you to do X, Y, or Z, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do, or advises you to do, or guides you to do, it's always going to be confirmed by God's word. It is important to pray and obey at all times, not one or the other. We never want to get into the habit of saying, we prayed, we read the Bible, but we didn't do what God said to do or God told us to do. We just prayed about it and we didn't obey it. When we follow Jesus, that is a key target that we shouldn't miss especially on purpose, because we didn't want to do something. We just, I pray about that, but I'm not about to go execute nothing. I'm not doing that. You don't ever want to do anything like that. Now, I understand you could be praying and reading God's word, and the Lord advises you to repent from some things, let some things go, forgive some people, and stop doing certain things. Now, at times, this is a work in progress, and you could work on that and eventually excel in it. But sometimes, individuals have an issue when they're minding their own business. Everything seems to be going great, going well, going good. And then all of a sudden, somebody you haven't talked to in years comes to your mind, and the Lord tells you to pray for that person, and not only pray for them, God has a specific task, and assignment that he wants you to do for that person. And you're like, what, God? You, you need to stop. Or you say, you know what? That wasn't God. I didn't hear that. I did not hear that. So you pray for the person, 
and you just don't obey. Let's say you don't obey right off. So you just pray. And then a day goes by and you you straight, you okay, you feel good, you feel refreshed. Then a couple of days go by or even a week and you you are okay, you feeling good. You're like, oh, see, that one God, all I had to do was pray. Then one day you're minding your business and that same thought flashes in your mind and now you don't have any peace. Something just comes over you. You can't even drive to work straight. And you having this feeling that you don't understand, but you really know what it is. And you just try to do it again. You just try to pray for him. Like, all right, now I'll pray for him. You pray for him instead of obeying what God told you to do. And we have to get to the point where when God commands us to do something for a person, no matter how crazy, far-fetched, or absolutely absurd it appears, our aim is to obey God. So let's say you still try to avoid obeying and you just pray for the person. And then you really have no peace. You really have no rest. You can't sleep. And even if you do get a couple of hours of sleep, you're not resting because now you're having dreams about the person. You wake up with that persistent feeling, which is really a warning that just keeps going off inside of you to pray again and obey. Not knowing the magnitude of your obedience, you could miss out on doing a great thing for somebody and God was trying to use you to do it. And you really don't know what the person is going through who God has laid on your heart. And he's told you to pray for that person obey what he's told you to do. Because some things could be going on in that person's life that, like I said, you don't know. But God has chosen you because you're the best person for that task. And God doesn't need us to do anything. He would like to have us to do things for him. But he can get anybody. But by using you, there is a blessing for your obedience. And my obedience as well. But sometimes we can all get caught up doing half the job, which is just praying and not obeying and doing what the Lord told us to do. And I get it. I understand. Sometimes things seek to stop us from doing what God told us to do. And that could be our own doubts, our own insecurities, not wanting to deal with certain issues. You could have thoughts of, man, I haven't talked to these people in years. And you want me to do this, Lord? They might think I'm crazy. They might think this or that. They probably think I'm trying to get with them. Or they're thinking that, you know, I'm trying to bring up stuff and do something. Or, man, I'm not trying to do this. This is just too much. And if it's somebody you just met or you haven't known for a long time, you have these feelings of, man, I don't even know them. They're going to think I am absolutely crazy. But oftentimes when we pray and obey and do what God says, and if it is a situation where God commands us to follow him and pray for someone as well as do a specific task for a person, focusing on you is the wrong target. Because God is using you to bless someone. And you could be the one God uses to answer someone's prayer. Somebody could be about to give up. They probably don't know where to turn. They could be hopeless. They are on the outside looking and it appears that they have it all together. But inside they are confused, sad, regretful. 
and they are in need of direction and they could need something supernatural happen to them just to encourage them. And God could be using you. And there are countless stories like that where this happens all of the time to some people. Some individuals are going through a tough time dealing with secrets, dealing with regrets, dealing with despondency, depression, and they need direction from a person who they respect and trust, even if it's somebody they had an issue with in the past, somebody they haven't spoken to in a very long time, or somebody they just met, or God could be using you with a total stranger. But when God tells us to do something for somebody, we meet that very need. And what happens when we don't pray and obey and follow through, we could miss the target. And what happens when we don't pray and obey and follow through? Following Jesus requires us to stay in alignment with him, pray to him, and obey him. And you've probably been on both sides of this example. You've probably been the person where God told you to pray and obey and execute what he told you to execute. Or you could be the person who was in need of somebody just being obedient to God and coming through. Because that would have been an answer to your prayer, everything you had going on. Something to just give you hope and encouragement. No matter what side it is, each side is very important. And no matter what season we are in life, both sides are extremely valuable. In scripture, we read about an account like this in Acts the ninth chapter in the first through the 18th verse, which I'm about to read. Now Saul was breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and requested letters from him to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any men or women who belonged to the way, he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he traveled and was nearing Damascus, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul said. I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting, he replied. But get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the sound, but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. He was unable to see for three days and did not eat or drink. There was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, here I am, Lord, he replied. Get up and go to the street called Straight, the Lord said to him, to the house of Judas and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, since he is praying there. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and placing his hands on him so that he may regain his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard from many people about this man, how much harm he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has authority here from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to Gentiles, kings, and Israelites. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. 
And Ananias went and entered the house. He placed his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road you were traveling has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now you can see what's going on, but I will break it down. You have Saul, a man who was against those who followed Jesus Christ. We understand that he was breathing threats and murder against those who were determined to follow Christ and who were Jesus' disciples. So he was talking loud and reckless, and he was a person who followed through with what he said. Saul was dragging followers of Jesus Christ straight to prison, and he approved the death of a Christian. Saul was going to churches to find followers of Jesus Christ to take them to prison. So people knew about Saul. They knew his reputation. They knew his character at the time. They knew what he was about. They knew his mission. And apparently he did not hide it. It was best to stay away from him. Because during that time, he had something against and for a disciple of Jesus Christ. But one day, he encountered Jesus in a very real way that he most likely will never forget. And Jesus asked him, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Jesus was letting Saul know, I see what you're doing to my followers. I see what you're saying. I hear you. I know all about it and what you do to them. Saul, you are doing that to me. So this is an encouraging tip within this lesson that I would like to share with you that even though you choose to follow Jesus, there will be persecution. People will mock you. People will talk about you. People will be against your beliefs. They will breathe out murderous threats. But God sees you and God hears them. And this happens a lot. But remember, God is your vindicator and vengeance is his. He will repay in his way. But we are to forgive, follow him, pray and obey. But God empathizes with us. So back to Saul. He was doing all of that. But he encountered Jesus directly, the very one he persecuted, and didn't agree with Jesus' way. But after that encounter, Saul recognized who Jesus was and realized, okay, Jesus, you're real. You are the only option. And I have to follow you. And I'm choosing to follow you right where I am. And I will have to have faith to follow you because people will not understand because of what I used to do in the past. And I have to have fortitude because not only am I following you, God, you called me to be a leader. Where I once was leading people straight to prison for following you, not to lead people to Jesus. And I'm going to, not I, but he's going to encounter, he did encounter a lot because God just shifted that whole situation. And you can see clearly how God just turns things around in his timing. And that's a lesson for us also. Let God deal with people how he's going to deal with them. Just imagine if Saul was in his headspace, the same headspace, and somebody who was a Christian ran up on him and said, Saul, you, you know you need to follow Jesus. You need to stop this. Follow him. Now, you already know what would have happened to that person. And you have to be careful just running up and jumping and doing stuff, it is important that we continuously pray to God, obey, we must forgive people, and then leave all the consequences to God. Let Jesus work on people his way. So now we have Saul, 
a changed man. And he went through a conversion on that road with Jesus. And he was spiritually blind and God worked on him in his timing for three days. Saul couldn't see. He refused to eat or drink. And it could have been because he was reflecting on his decision to follow Jesus right where he was. And he received a revelation on what he needed to do this point going forward. Now, while Saul is going through all of that change, the Lord calls Ananias and tells him that he will need to go to Saul, the one who persecutes Christians and pray for him and obey what God says and go heal him of his sight. But now you can see why Ananias was like, Lord, what? Go to Saul? You're talking about the same Saul who, you know, persecutes the children of God? Followers of Jesus? Hmm. But Ananias was praying and talking to God, and the Lord wanted him to obey what he commanded him to do. Because God had a plan. And even though Ananias didn't know the magnitude of Saul's encounter with Christ, praise God that Ananias prayed and obeyed and did what God told him to do. He was a useful tool in encouraging someone during a time when they needed it most. And this is similar to our stories. When God calls us to follow him, we aren't just trailing behind Jesus. No, we have things to do, and those things are revealed in prayer, in his word, and when we obey what he tells us to do. Because we are blessing others while we are being blessed in the process, if we obey. And although past experiences with people invoke feelings of caution, we must follow God because he not only has a plan for our lives, but a plan for the very people he has called us to go help through our obedience and following him. So be encouraged to follow Jesus even when situations seem backwards, upside down, and flat out crazy, and even when they don't make sense. God's ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts. In the scripture I would like to leave you with is 1 John, the 5th chapter, the 3rd verse, which reads, For this is what love for God is, to keep his commands, and his commands are not a burden. I chose this scripture as a reminder that when we love God, truly love him and obey him, keeping his commands might be challenging, but they aren't burdensome. Following Jesus and following God's word will not leave someone burdened. Although trials come, God's commands aren't burdensome. Now, what is burdensome is doing what one wants to do their way, contrary to God's word, and those results produce burdens in one's life. But remember, God's commands will not produce burdens in your life. So as you follow Jesus, remember to do everything in love. Keep God first and remember when you pray, and you live a life determined to follow Jesus and you obey God. Remember, when you are obeying God's commands, none of God's commands, no matter what they are, they will not be a burden in your life. Thanks for tuning in. Visit drkenitrabryant.com to download the Determined to Follow Jesus devotional on the site. You can order inspirational apparel and you have the option to connect with me on Instagram 
and aim towards the target. And another way to connect with me is on the YouVersion Bible app where you can subscribe and complete a variety of Bible plans individually or collectively with your friends, your co-workers, and family. Remain encouraged and determined to follow Jesus in every area and aspect of your life. Enjoy your day. Peace and God bless.